Hey friends, let's go back to the 90s with our new book, Mixtape Theology, 90s Christian Edition. It's part devotional, part retrospective, and all awesome. Rediscover the wonder of songs like The Great Adventure and Jesus Freak as you uncover their spiritual significance. But you know, we couldn't just give you a book without some 90s Christian cheese. We've included some original comics and hilarious retrospectives. Michael Tate of Newsboys and DC Talk calls mixtape theology the ultimate nostalgic throwback, and Michael W. Smith calls it a great read. Mixtape theology will have you falling in love with these songs and the gospel all over again. It's nostalgia served with a side of renewed faith, and it's available now at Amazon and Walmart.com. Now, back to the podcast. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Mixtape Theology, where my mixtape partner, Dr. Ashley, and I like to look at the theology behind our favorite 90s contemporary Christian music and poke fun at 90s Christian culture, at least just a little bit. I'm your host for this one, Rachel Cash. Today's episode is a part two look at Audio Adrenaline's 1999 song, Get Down. Specifically, we'll be looking at verse two of this song. And if you missed part one, it's okay. You can jump in right here and go back and listen to part one after this. Man, this song is such a fun song. If any band personified fun in the 90s Christian music scene, it was Audio Adrenaline. These are the guys that gave us Big House, the houseplant song, Never Gonna Be As Big As Jesus, and tons more. I love their earlier stuff as well. Um, especially their Don't Censor Me album. I have some very clear memories of listening to that cassette tape before my middle school day started, and I felt so edgy and cool listening to their music. The lead singer, Mark Stewart, wrote an autobiography in 2019 called Losing My Voice to Find It. And there's actually a bonus podcast where I review this book, But he talks about how God used one of his own songs to minister to him at a very low point. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's definitely a good read. So go check that out. And he also has a Losing My Voice to Find It five-day devotional reading plan on the Bible app. So how cool is that? So go check that out as well. Alrighty, now on to the song. As I said in the last episode, to me, the song uses the term get down in two ways. The first way is about getting down, as in giving up your position and putting others before yourself in humility. And the second way is about how we get down, like down emotionally, so to speak, you know, sad, um, despondent, maybe depressed, but God gives us the strength we need to carry on. So let's look at verse two of the song, Get Down. All I need's another day where I can't seem to get away from the many things that drag me down. I'm sure you've had a day like me where nothing seems to set you free from the burdens that you carry all alone. In your weakness, he is stronger. In your darkness, he shines through. When you're crying, he's your comfort. When you're all alone, he's carrying you. I get down and he lifts me up. Okay, so remember this old commercial, you know, the one with the pitiful lady who's in distress yet has the emergency alert system to call for help. I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) I bring up that silly uh, pop culture quote to get you to think about another 
big fall. We, the human race in our sin, have fallen and we can't get up, at least not in our own ability, strength, holiness, or religious performance. The questions that I probably hear most often out in the world posed by religious skeptics or even those struggling in their faith is this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Or why would God allow so much suffering, evil, and death in the world? Those are important questions to consider, but biblically, they are not difficult to answer. First, there are no good people. According to Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Verses 10 through 12 of the same chapter speak to the fact that there is no one righteous, no one seeks God, and no one is good. I'm aware that this is a sobering thought, yet it is one every person needs to consider. Secondly, God is not the author of the bad stuff. He did not create evil and suffering. It was our sin that brought hardship into the world. In Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible is clear that death entered for the first time. Suffering would become a reality in the world. Cancer, sickness, disease, and yes, even killing and strife would now define our race. Because we chose sin. All because we chose sin. Genesis 3 even states that nature itself fell. This gives insight into the natural disasters that so often cause people to question God. It's easy to blame God, yet think about the suffering that takes place as people hurt people. Think about the starving children in the world that could be fed if the world would feed them. Issues like that are just the tip of the iceberg. Indeed, selfishness is why much of the bad stuff happens. But what about the stuff like cancer, a result of a fallen world? But there is good news. Even in the midst of a falling down and not being able to get up, we are given hope, living hope in Jesus. He will give us what we need, even in a fallen world as we trust in him. He picks us up. Do you believe that? As LeVar Burton on Reading Rainbow always said, but you don't have to take my word for it. So let's go to Psalm 40, a Psalm of David. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works, which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O God, and your laws within my heart. 
I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord, you yourself know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. For innumerable innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified, but I am poor and needy. Yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. So if you are feeling down, Psalm 40 is a great psalm to read and to pray. Our psalmist here feels so down, so low, that he describes himself as being in a horrible pit. I picture trying to climb out, but the sticky mud gives way, providing no foothold for escape. It feels hopeless. In verse 12, it says that his heart fails him. Have you ever felt like that? In these dark times, how can we be sure that God will deliver? Well, if you are a Christian, he has already miraculously rescued you in the greatest way possible. By his grace, he has rescued us from our sin and brought us into the safety of his presence. So we we know that if he is powerful enough and trustworthy enough to save us from our certain death in our sins, we can know that he can be trusted to help us in the troubles that we experience now, the everyday stuff. In verse 2, he says that God has raised him up out of the miry clay of the pit and onto a rock. We are meant to notice this contrast between the muddy pit and the solid stability of this rock. And if we notice, it says in verse 1 and 2 that God heard and God did the rescue. In verse 10, it says, I have declared your loving kindness and your truth. My faith life study Bible says these are Hebrew words, uh, hesed and meth, which are often paired to describe Yahweh as absolutely dependable to fulfill his promises. I love this part in verse 17. It says, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. The Bible is filled with assurances of God rescuing us in our time of need. This is the kind of God that we serve. He rescues. He restores. As Get Down says, when you're crying, he's your comfort. When you're all alone, he's carrying you. I get down and he lifts me up. Thanks for listening. I hope 
that you'll listen to Get Down, and as you listen, you'll be reminded of Psalm 40 and our Deliverer who rescues us and sets our feet upon a rock. And if words are failing you, perhaps you will even pray this song. The Lord be magnified. Bye. The Mixtape Theology Podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. Find more Christian music-related podcasts at newreleasetoday.com.